listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody, to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. With me is Zach Barletta. Over the next half hour or so, we'll be talking sports from a faith-based point of view. BTGprogram.com or at BTG program is where to find out more about us or about the program. Zach, leading up a couple weeks ago to the Major League Baseball trade deadline, I heard a couple of news outlets saying the Yankees haven't won a title in over a decade or in a decade. It was 2009, the last time they won. Yeah. And I just, I, I found myself thinking, okay, that's great, but it's 10 years. Mm-hmm. Sure, as a Yankee fan, I want to win every year. I'm all for it. But there are franchises that haven't won, period. Yeah. Haven't won in forever. And I find myself wondering, is the expectation of clubs like the Yankees, the Dodgers, Maybe now the Red Sox, even though they had gone 86 years or whatever it was without a World Series title, they've won a lot now. So maybe they're in this high expectation club. Take the Lakers, the Cowboys, uh, maybe the Detroit Red Wings. There are franchises perhaps that we have higher expectations from than it seems others. Nobody expects anything of the San Diego Padres. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe they should, but they don't. They're happy to go to the games. They have a good time. Mm-hmm. But they don't expect a title. Sure, they'd probably like one, but they don't expect it. In, in New York, all over the press, I heard it not once, not twice. It was three or four or five times that I heard reporters say, the Yankees haven't won in a decade. They need to do something. They have to win now. Have to win now. Ten years. Yeah, I want them to. Yeah. But that's a high expectation. Yeah. And I think, too, People forget that the core of this Yankees team is pretty young. Like, these guys are going to be together for a while. They're going to get there. I also think when you were listing all the teams that have the higher expectations, I noticed two commonalities, which is those are all teams who have won in the past and who spend a lot of money. And I think if you, A, have won before, and especially if you've won before, and B, you spend a lot of money, you're expected that, okay, well, you should win. If you're not winning, what went wrong? Why aren't you winning? Clearly, you're doing something wrong. You know, there's a lot of, there's injury luck and stuff that goes into it. But I think at the end of the day, look at the Yankees have won a lot of World Series. The Yankees spend a lot of money. Not as much as they used to, but still a lot. So there's expectations that come with that. And I think um, fair or unfair, you see that a lot with teams that have a history of that. And certainly success breeds expectations. Mm-hmm. You do well, you, you're more expected to do it. I'm, I'm thinking of a person in my mind and we've had this conversation that more is expected of them by their parents. Mm -hmm. Yet they have a sibling from which very little is expected. And and it's clear if you see the parents interact with these two people, uh, so much is expected of one and not so much is expected of uh, of the other. And what I know about these two people is one is able to deliver and has delivered and has done terrific things. And the other one, I think, if he gets out of bed and brushes his teeth, they feel like that's a pretty <laughs> successful day. That's well done him. And, man, you get a sticker and, and Boy, all that. I'd love to be held to those standards. <laughs> but that's just it, isn't it? You know, if you if you succeed, if you are able to meet certain standards, 
than more is expected. You might find that, and many of our listeners might find that in their work, where, man, they do very well. They do their jobs well. So they're expected to do their mm-hmm. jobs. They have a coworker, perhaps, who doesn't do very well. And we look at that person, perhaps, and say, man, why does he get away? They don't expect anything from him. Yeah. I don't know why they kill, still pay him, but they don't expect anything from him because he's never delivered in the past. So why would he deliver yeah. now? Yeah, he didn't accidentally set anything on fire today. It was a good day. You know? like- <laughs> right, right. And, and when it comes to the Yankees, 10 years is not... You think of the Detroit Lions, for crying out loud. Mm. Here's a franchise that was a, a a classic NFL franchise. Won titles back in the 40s and the 50s. Had never been to the Super Bowl. 50-some years, they've never been. Here's this franchise that had all these expectations, but now uh, the Detroit Lions fans really expect to see their team in the Super Bowl. I think they'd be happy if they just won a couple of games along the way, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. What's funny is sometimes you see teams that haven't really been all that good for a long time, but because they were good at one point, people still expect them to, like the Cowboys. I mean, how long ago were the Cowboys Super Bowls? You know, they're about a 500 team. But that's since because then. every year you yeah. have Cowboy fans saying, "This is our year." Well, that's this what I'm is saying, it, man. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. You're basically a 500 team since the glory years in the 90s, but you still expect every year a Super Bowl. I, I like fans that are excited about their team, of course, but there is a certain amount of realism. They like mm-hmm. that parent. There's some realism there. Yeah, I know. I love my child. Man, I'd I, I do anything for him, but I'm just happy if he can get his pants on in the right way. Yeah. You know, his shirt's not inside out. That's I'm happy with that. My other child, man, I've got a great expectations for them. Who are those franchises? You know, what about the Montreal Canadiens? Here's, here's a team that I believe are second behind the Yankees in titles in, mm-hmm. in the four major sports. I believe that's true. The Montreal Canadiens haven't won a title in forever. Yeah. Haven't been to the playoffs in a long time. But tend to expect it, though. Yeah. And, and that's still based on that history that they once had mm-hmm. of – and I don't know if it's, if it's fair. If it's fair to say you haven't been – you haven't won a title in 10 years, you better make a change. You better make a, uh, some, uh, some sort of trade at the deadline yeah. and get back in and win a title because your fans expect that. And I think that sort of thinking can be the reason why teams don't sometimes, where you feel this pressure to make a move. We haven't won in 10 years. We got to do something. Our, this is We got to win now. That's where you make trades, where you overpay for somebody, where you maybe blow up a team that was on the precipice of something great, and you could set your franchise back. And as frustrated as, as I was this last trade deadline, where Brian Cashman did nothing at the major league level, I do have an appreciation for the fact that he didn't gut the system. He kept the core of the team together. The guys that are MLB ready in the minors, he didn't trade away, so they're still there. I got to say that at least he didn't cave into the pressure that some teams often do. Yeah, and he's one of those guys, as you just said, didn't go out and make an unnecessary trade just to make a trade to appease a fan. Didn't feel that pressure. I wonder, on a Sunday morning at church, is your expectation higher for the preacher or the music team than it is for God? What I mean is, are you coming expecting a good show, or are you coming expecting God to do a work in your life? The Christian life is about following Jesus as he leads us to places we never thought we'd go. Jeremiah 33.3 says, 
call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. We all have a tendency to raise our expectations when we go to an event or maybe attend a conference. After all, it's, it's why you paid and maybe even why you traveled to be able to attend. And while that's great and all, we have every reason as a Christian to have great expectations each and every day. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 and 23 says, and going back to the book of Jeremiah, verse 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. How exciting each new day should be if you know Jesus as Lord. The word of God is filled with promises of great things. Every day, then, we can approach life with great expectations. And we can do this because we know Christ is dwelling in our lives. He is molding us to be more like himself. The Bible says his spirit has gifted us in unique ways to do great things if only we allow ourselves to be led by him completely. Regardless of what your day may hold, you can take on the day with great expectations because we serve a great God. So be expectant, not of people, but of God. And maybe it seems unfair at times, the expectation placed on you. Maybe even the expectations people put on you because they know you're a Christian. You're not supposed to cuss or drink or smoke or go out with girls who do. Now, I know this may be a gray area for some people, but you know what I mean. We need to protect our testimonies because people are watching. Why? Because they are expecting to see a life that has changed and they want evidence. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's not to say a Christian never messes up. Of course we do. But when we mess up, there's conviction, there's guilt, and it brings about repentance. Sinful habits, they're no longer a lifestyle. If your life is one which points a friend to Christ and saves a soul from hell, then living up to every expectation put on you will have been worth it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. When Christ in you is your everyday reality, then every day comes with an expectation of life. Romans 8.10 says, If Christ is in you, Though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Do you have Christ in you? Are you able to look forward to each day with an expectation of seeing God do great things because Christ is in you? If you've never placed your faith in Christ and asked God to forgive you, he calls to you. There's no better time than right now. Jesus Christ shed his blood and laid down his life to pay the penalty of your sins and mine. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. His death, as well as his resurrection, makes it possible for us to be forgiven of sin and go to heaven if we accept the free gift of salvation which he offers. The Bible promises that by confessing our sins, God will forgive us. 
1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I hope you'd admit your sin and your guilt and tell him that you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again. And ask God to forgive you and ask him to help you repenting from sin. Let me leave you with Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I want to thank you for being with us. If there's anything that we can do to help you, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. The Power Up Sports Ministry Conference is October 8th in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the offices of Our Daily Bread Ministries. You'll hear from Clark Kellogg of CBS Sports, Carolina Hurricanes Chaplain Sid Graham and his wife Kristen, and from Mike Moore, Chaplain with the Houston Dynamo. It's the Power Up Sports Ministry Conference October 8th. Register at powerupsportsministry2019.eventbrite.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back into the program. So glad to have you here with us on the Beyond the Game program. We're coming to you from Rochester, New York. Recording from the BTG studio, but of course, you know, you can get the show wherever it is that you are. And this week we say hello and thank you to New Rochelle, New York, one of the many places downloading last week's program. Zach, the mean Joe Green, that famous Coca-Cola commercial was Mm. actually filmed in New Rochelle back in 1979. Oh, no way. New Rochelle was the home to Terry Toons for many years. You might know their most famous character, Mighty Mouse. Oh, yeah. 
headquartered in New Rochelle until they eventually were sold to Viacom and their line of cartoons would be syndicated after that. The great singer Robert Merrill, you've heard him sing before Yankees games, New York Giants football games. He made his home in New Rochelle until he passed away, I think, in the early 2000s. Rob Morrow, he played Dr. Joel Fleischman in the TV show Northern Exposure, born in New Rochelle. You may recall we had his co-star on that show. Janine Turner was a guest on our program some time ago. Jay Leno, also born in New Rochelle, as was former New York Rangers defenseman Kevin Shattenkirk. No longer a member of the Rangers, and I wonder, Zach, how you feel about that. Well, he's joined Ranger South now in Tampa Bay. I didn't like the move, but, I mean, it's water under the bridge now. I thought Mark Stahl would have been a better candidate. But, look, I don't want to go on a rant that will take the rest of the show. So (laughs) I thought for sure you would because he was a little bitter about leaving the Rangers and the way that went down. and Yeah, yeah, so I guess he did. He made a beeline to Ranger South. To those of you in New Rochelle, New York, and wherever it is you're listening from, whether it be on the radio or through our podcast, we thank you for being with us as well. Here once again is the great Zach Barletta to give us this week's shenanigan statements. All right, number one, we all rolled our eyes when the Mets traded for Marcus Stroman last week and announced that they were going for it, but they're on a long hot streak. They're back above 500. So, truth or shenanigans, the Mets will be a wild card team shenanigans now i'll tell you zach i didn't roll my eyes because i bought into what the mets were selling and not that they were going to make a run and go for it at first i said to you i think i texted you why the mets what are they Mm -hmm. what do they think but then i started to think about the pitching staff that they'll have next season and i thought this is going to be a pretty good team and of course we've been saying that about the mets pitching for a number of years now but that said, I didn't see them going on a winning streak like this. What have they not? They've lost maybe one game in the last two weeks or so. Uh, but no, I, I don't think the Mets have enough to be a wild card team. So when I was writing these questions, I thought, well, this will be a fun one because there's no way I can make lots of jokes about the Mets and stuff. And I did a little digging. And as of this recording, I believe the Mets are 19-6 and six since the All-Star break. They're crushing the ball right now. They're getting good pitching, especially from the two guys they were supposed to trade, Syndergaard and Wheeler. Uh, One thing I will point out is they haven't played many games against good teams during this winning streak. couple series against Miami, some games against San Francisco, etc., etc. But right now, they look like a legitimately good team. And they'll be tested coming up the rest of this month as they start to play some good teams like the Dodgers. But... Um, yeah, I think I'm going to agree that they will be a wild card team. They've got to get past the Brewers, Cardinals, and Phillies, but they're not far behind, and I do think that they'll catch them. Um, the only thing that makes me hesitate is they're the Mets. <laughs> We've seen this before from the Mets, and they always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. Look, Mickey Calloway is an awful manager, but we've seen awful managers win World Series before. <clears throat> Ned Yost. <clears throat> Um, so look, if they can avoid tripping over their own feet like they usually do, I do think they'll be a wild card team. I just think it's a lot of teams to leapfrog. And when you get into August and September, man, the more teams you have to pass, the harder it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of teams that have to leapfrog, but they've already started to leapfrog some of them. So I think, yeah, I think they'll do it. All right. There you go. Mets fans. Zach Barletta's got your team in the playoffs. Watch them lose like 12 to nothing tomorrow and Callaway get fired and just, you know. <laughs> but anyway, news broke this week that the NFL and NFLPA are unlikely to reach an agreement on a new CBA before the season starts. 
The current CBA expires after the 2020 season, giving them roughly a year and a half to find common ground. So truth or shenanigans, the NFL will avoid having another lockout. Ooh, what do you think here, man? Um, I agree. I think they will manage to avoid it. Look, the NFL has taken a lot of publicity hits recently with its inconsistency with player suspensions, players kneeling during the anthem, uh, off-field incidents, lots of players holding out and missing games. They've got a lot of time, and they absolutely have to get this right. They got slammed in the press when they had their small lockout in 2011. Um, and the fact that they've still got a year and a half, and they were close enough that there was thought they might get it done before the season, I think that they eventually will find common ground. Yeah, I agree with you, and I agree with the statement that the NFL will avoid another lockout, and I think they're all kind of under pressure to get this deal mm -hmm. done, aren't they? The new television rights will be renewed soon, and I think both sides are they have something to gain by making sure there's labor peace. You know, whatever it is they propose to the, the whatever networks pick up the games or bid for the rights, whether that be a longer season, additional playoffs, a little bit mm -hmm. of both, uh, they have to get this deal done before they go to the table with the networks. Yeah, and what the owners care about the most ultimately is making money, and they're not making money if they're not playing games. And so do the players. They yeah. care, you know, sure, they love to play, don't get me wrong, but they're making money. Number three, new Raiders. everybody's making money except you and me? That's a really good question. I think we should look into that quite a bit. <laughs> Number three, new Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown is missing time in training camp after injuring his foot by apparently entering a cryogenics chamber without wearing proper footwear. Just in time for his new team to be featured on Hard Knocks. Not a good way to start the season, so truth or shenanigans, the Raiders season is going to be a disaster. All right, I'm going to admit my ignorance here. The first time I saw these headlines, cryogenics, isn't that where they freeze you like when you dead? And you That's what I thought, like the Ted Williams head in a freezer thing. Yeah, they can unthaw you in, in yeah. 40,000 years or whatever. Apparently there's some medical benefit to being really cold in one of these chambers for a while. But apparently only if you wear shoes. I say shenanigans. The, Ra the Raiders season is not going to be a disaster. I get it. It's the Raiders. It's John Gruden. It's bound to be a wild ride, especially considering they're bringing the curtain down again on their time in Oakland. They'll be going to Las Vegas. I just think this team has the potential to be pretty good and too good to be a disaster. I'm going to say shenanigans. Uh, the season won't be a disaster. And here's why. I actually think they'll be bad, but I don't think it can be a disaster when the expectations are already pretty low. <laughs> You know, if we expected them to win the division and then they were bad, we'd say, oh, that was a disaster. But if you already expect them to be bad and then they're bad, how is that a disaster? So I think they're going to be bad, but I think they're going to be entertaining and they might actually be fun to watch for once. So I'll say shenanigans. It doesn't qualify as a disaster. They're a dumpster fire, but the dumpster was full of cardboard. I threw in a match. So this is what I was expecting. <laughs> When we come back, you like that? Stick with us along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do 
you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. Encouragement, training, resources, and great fellowship. It's all part of the Power Up Sports Ministry Conference October 8th. Join us at Our Daily Bread Ministries in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Speakers include the chaplains of the Carolina Hurricanes and the Houston Dynamo. Keynote speaker is Clark Kellogg of CBS Sports. If you're involved in sports ministry, this day's for you. Register at powerupsportsministry2019.eventbrite.com. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. Welcome back to the show. Recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here's your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back into the program. Glad you have chosen to spend... Part of your day with us anyway. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. By now you know that we like to end our show by leaving you with something encouraging from the world of sports. We call it our You Like That segment. Job chapter 12 verse 12 says, With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days, understanding. And what 93-year-old Donna Goodell well understands is what it is to be a faithful baseball fan. Donna is a huge Minnesota Twins fan, so much so that she has been to every Major League ballpark to see her team play live except one. Well, as of this past week, you can cross that one stadium off her list. Donna flew to Miami to watch the Twins take nice. on the Marlins, completing her goal of seeing the Twins play at all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. I, 93 years old. Probably Some of you, also her goal of getting out of Minnesota and being in Miami. <laughs> Some of you haven't seen your team play even once, and that's at their own place. And this 93-year-old woman has been to every Major League ballpark to root for her twins. Donna Goodell's love of baseball and the love of the Minnesota Twins, which has brought her to every single ballpark to see her team, is what like I like that. this week. You like that's awesome. And what I like this week is also a baseball story. I don't, there hasn't been much to cheer for if you're the Miami Marlins this season, but they called up one of their better prospects, second baseman Isan Diaz, earlier this week, and he hit a home run in his first major league game, but he hit it while the Marlins broadcast team was interviewing his parents oh, I saw that. in the stands. So they're talking to him while he's at bat. He hits a ball. The guy, I think it was his dad jumps up is watching the ball he's yelling unintelligible things just yelling he's so happy yeah. this kid's whole family is jumping up and down and yelling and cheering on camera as he's rounding the bases it was awesome it was a lot of fun to watch and in a season that hasn't had a lot of highlights for the marlins that was a big one for me so i say diaz homering while his parents were on like television that. is what i like, like this week yeah you're absolutely right the, the dad's reaction is just priceless well that's it for us this week remember that this radio program is only on the air thanks to the generous support of our listeners it's because of your prayers and financial gifts which make the beyond the game radio program possible please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry and if you feel led to give a financial gift of any amount please visit our website it's btgprogram.com for Zach Barletta 
I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Mm-hmm.